got my attention. And I want to share some thoughts. Jesus said, well, first of all, Jesus actually warned that in the last days, just before his return, the church, those who are following him, would be found slumbering. Many of them would be found slumbering.
not perfect, they're not always right. Any more than the church is perfect or always right. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love the Palestinians. It doesn't mean we shouldn't grieve for the loss of innocent Palestinian lives in this world war. It doesn't mean that a Palestinian life is worth any less in God's sight than In fact, those in, in Palestine, many of them are. Rationally, it does not make sense. 
to put them in the midst of Palestine and see how, how unified they would be. The only nation in the Middle East that, that celebrates freedoms of people, including women's rights and, and gay rights, is Israel. Everything most Arab countries, if not all, believe in go, goes against is a tough book to understand. I just started a study book and I'm like, I might want to tackle this in the sermon series someday down the road. But it's a tough book to understand. It really is. But there are two things that are very clear in Israel uh, and in Revelation. One is that God is going to pour the wrath out on this earth in an unprecedented way in the final days. Something Jesus calls the Great Tribulation. God is the seven seals are wrapped, the seven trumpets are wrapped, the seven bowls are wrapped. It's just wrapped, wrapped, wrapped in different ways. Against Israel. He's going to bring rage against Israel because he hates Israel because he hates Jesus and Israel gave us Jesus. But God is going to intervene. Satan hates Israel and he always has and he always will. That hatred is there throughout history. It's taken genocidal forms throughout history at different times. We all know about the genocide of the Nazis, wanting to exterminate them, what they call the Great Solution. But those who spew anti-Semitism are the mouthpiece of the devil. Now, if somebody's in us tonight, we shouldn't hate them, we should pray for them, but here's the thing. Because they curse Israel, they are calling curses down upon themselves. Genesis 12, 3 says, I will bless those who bless Abraham's seed, and I will curse those who curse him. So those who rail and hate and curse Israel are literally calling down curses from God upon them as a nation or as individuals. And we should pray for them, because it's not them 
are our enemies. It is the enemy who is... What happens? The spirit gets a hold of them, the spirit of the enemy, and they feel a rage and a hatred that they, that's not rational. Let's say you hate Israel. Why do so many of them both hate Israel? I don't have the statistics. South Korea, North Korea, China, Iran, Iraq, Russia, for human Jesus told, we've been looking at John chapter 4 with the Samaritan woman. Remember what he told her. He said, you guys worship what you don't know. Jews worship what they do know because salvation is of the Jews. Salvation came through the Jewish people, the Jewish nation of Israel. Satan knows because of the prophecies of Jesus' return that Jesus could never return. Satan hates Jews and inflames ignorant vessels with his hatred. As Christians, we need to stand with Israel and bless Israel. I want to make one more point about God's commitment to Israel. For those who think, nah, he's just shifted it all. He's just shifted it all to Christians. And, uh, and I do. He has blessed us with all those promises. We stand on my preaching the new Testament all the time. And I don't say this is only true for Israel. There are some that are only true for Israel, but most of those promises are good for us. Amen? But that's not because he's forgotten Israel. He says, I will never forget Israel. Natural Israel. I want to make sure one more thought, one more point that makes that super clear. You go to Revelation chapter 5, and John sees a scroll. And no one is worthy to open that scroll. And he begins to weep. And the man next to him says, Do not weep. He says, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Jesus is the lion of Judah. Where we get the word Jew, Judah. The root of David, the tribe of Judah. 
He is always going to be identified as a Jew. That's heaven. That's in heaven. That scene that John just saw. In heaven, he's known as a descendant of David from the tribe of Judah. And he will always be a Jew. So the idea that God has rejected the Jews and moved on is certainly not biblical. All right. I wanted to share a few of God's miracles on behalf of Israel that uh, I found very interesting. I hope you did too. God warned Israel in Deuteronomy 28 and 29 if they rebelled against him, if they turned from him, he would scatter them to the four corners of the earth. From one end of the earth to the other, and he would turn their land into a wasteland. First, uh, Deuteronomy 29, 23. The whole land will be a burning waste of salt and sulfur. Nothing planted, nothing sprouted, no vegetation growing on it. It's a big dispersion began in AD 70 when Rome took over Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, the Jews began to be dispersed around the world. Another miracle happened. That, that's a fulfillment of scripture. They rejected their Messiah rebelled against the covenant, they were scattered to the four corners of the earth. But there's an odd miracle that the land became a wasteland. For 1,800 years, the land became a wasteland. It became a desert, a treeless, barren There are records of many, many people, including Mark Twain, who visited in the mid to late 1800s. And Mark Twain described it as this, it's a blistering, naked, treeless land. There were only a few bedroom tribes that lived there. And as soon as... talking about the miracle of the gathered people and the blessing of the land. Very possibly one of the greatest miracles or greatest events that is a miracle happened in the 20th century.
God promised he would gather his people a second time. The first time was when they were gathered into Babylon, were scattered into Babylon, taken over by different nations, and finally they returned under Nehemiah and Ezra. But God says in his word, he says, a second time I will gather them from the four corners of the earth and bring them to the land. And he says, it will be abundant yet again. Now, at the end of the 19th century, which is the 1800s, I'm glad they did that, but if you were to jump into 1890, and you were to go to a church, there'd be some who are who are watching the prophecies, who are aware of the scriptures, who would say, I don't know how, I don't know when, but you're going to be a leader. But by far, most people, even including many Christians, would say, Now, God must have, those must be metaphor things, there must be allegories, because Israel hasn't been here for almost 2,000 years, there's no sign of Israel, the land is a wasteland. So let's shift those prophecies and they need some kind of beautiful allegorical metaphor. But near the end of the 1800s, 1890s, some of the beginning friends and also wrote a very So that when a Jewish man in Dreyfus was accused of treason, that hatred kind of focused in on that, and people stood outside the court saying, death to the Jews. With that rise in hatred, Jews began to long for a time, a place where Thank you. 
called Dad Mordecai and had 130 men that had ordered to escape the women and children in Jerusalem. One of the things I think of two light mortars and two machine guns. That's less than one weapon for three defenders. Defending the Kibbutz seemed like a suicide mission. And we picked that story up again next week. But there are a series and series of fulfillments. God says, they're going to come at you, and they're going to come at you, and they're going to come at you. But I'm going to make you like a fire in a common field to dry the shells. And that's what we've seen. We're going to look a little more at the end. And then I want to really focus next week on what I believe the battle tells us is going to happen in the future. Do some things for us to look forward. I do not know this time. I don't believe we're long enough to see these things come and these things we didn't receive. I pray for the peace of Jesus. I pray for the peace of Muslims. I pray that we're just sent down. I pray that it promotes. So, I do need to say I feel like something's different. No prediction, but I feel like there's something different in the atmosphere. If you look at any of the significant news of Israel and changes and shifts, it came as a result of of pointed and intense anti-Semitism.
face time to get right with God. That is the equivalent of us to be saved from all that's coming, and particularly and most of all from the wrath of God. And He's coming. And the great white judgment. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I don't deserve heaven. I couldn't earn heaven. But I believe that you died on the cross to pay for Thank you. 